You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Hi, guys. Welcome to today's podcast. Lisa Johnson here. And today I have a guest for you. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I have Leslie Thomas with me. Um, Along with her husband, she owns a ski property business. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. She also helps service-based entrepreneurs to improve their relationship with money. And both of these things that she does actually go very much hand in hand. So welcome to the show, Leslie. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Really looking forward to the conversation. Me too. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is the people that you deal with when, especially in the property side of your business. Now, they're people that are buying a second home, a ski home in the French Alps or in all these amazing places that you deal with. You must be working with top-notch, high net worth individuals all of the time. And I think that people assume certain things when your clients are high net worth individuals. So I really want to have a conversation because I have a lot of clients that want to work with high net worth individuals and they're not sure how to sort of get in there and build those connections with those kind of people. So I'd love to talk to you about how you got started doing what you do now. Okay, so I spent 20 years working in corporate telecommunications. I had two young children at the time, were aged three and 18 months or so, traveling back and forth to London, not feeling as though I was being a good mum, wife or employee. My husband had already set up the business, so I decided to leave, jump off that cliff and go into business with him. At that point in time, we only sold in Switzerland. So I opened up the French part of our business and we now successfully sell in both Switzerland and in France. Amazing. And it's it's you know it's it's very much a people business and it's very much you know based on people buy from people and developing those relationships based on trust because it's a lot of money, it's people's dreams, and it's ensuring that we make that process as enjoyable as it possibly can be. Because let's face it, sometimes buying property isn't always fun. The legal process can be very boring. There can be stressful elements, but by connecting with us, we've already gone through that process ourselves as well. We bought a place in Switzerland back in 2006. So they're dealing with people who understand the complexities involved, but we make it simple for them. We hold their hands through the process. And what kind of pricing are we talking about here? So what would one of these places go for? So everything from probably around about 350,000 euros up to 10, 12 million euros. Wow. So the scale is, you know, is significant and the investment is significant and the reasons why clients buy are very varied as well. What are some of the reasons? Some of them are buying it purely as a lifestyle investment. So they decide to stop investing in the pension because they don't get access to that pension. They see that as a boring investment. And also there's a lot of questions around the value of investing in pensions. 
Um, so they want to be able to take that money they would have put into their pension and they put into a French or Swiss mortgage instead. So they can utilize the, the property when they want to, but also get a return on their investment by renting out their property when they're not using it. For some people, it's purely about the enjoyment of being able to go skiing as and when they want to and not trying to find somewhere to stay when there's been a peak snow dump, for example. And for other people, it is literally about a way of creating memories and a legacy for their family. They learned to ski when they were younger. They want they, their children learned to ski. And now they want their grandchildren to learn to ski and doing it in a family way that builds those memories, but also creates that legacy for many more years to come. We're hearing a lot at the moment about people who are getting disillusioned with the old way of doing pensions and instead are putting money into things like property, things that they can enjoy now um, that later on will make them money as well or they leave it as a legacy. Um, and I love the idea of it. So with some of these people that are obviously, they're going to be people that have a lot of money. How do you find your clients? Largely, our clients find us, fortunately. We do utilise the usual property portals, so right move, prime location, portals in, in France, Belgium, Germany, etc., but also referrals from word of mouth. So we don't tend to have to too much go out there and find the clients. They tend to be attracted to us. One of the biggest things, and I didn't realise the significance of this, was Probably five years ago, I recorded a vlog long before we were really use, using social media in the way we do now. I very reluctantly, I should add, actually, recorded, because I hate being on camera, recorded a vlog about the process of buying a property you know, in France and Switzerland. And the number of clients we have had that have said, we found you, we chose you because of the vlog that a Leslie Thomas did, talking through the process, making it sound as though you guys really know what you're talking about. And I think for me, it doesn't matter now how much that client has to spend. A human is a human. That's true. And I think that is the big difference. There are no, you know, people with lots and lots of money have the same hopes and desires and largely way of doing things as somebody looking to buy a smaller property and you just treat people as you as you want to be treated absolutely and I think that people buy from people no matter what and that vlog is just such a great example of the fact that people do buy from people they saw you talking and so you do you utilize social media now as well yeah, we do. So we you do we do all the usual things. You know, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. We do have a social media manager. Um, I go live, you know, occasionally on our Facebook page. My husband's just got LinkedIn Live. He's going to France on Sunday, and he's actually going to do a LinkedIn Live from several of the resorts he's going to. It's going to be his first time doing a LinkedIn Live. He's a little bit nervous about doing so, but he recognizes the power of video and being present you know, in the resorts, showing people around, et cetera. And people 
will check you out you know on social media well so they want to make exactly they want to make sure you've got a following they want to make sure you're posting regularly they want to make sure you know what you're talking about so for us it's very important to have that presence how many people then click through and have conversations with us don't know because we're not particularly good at tracking that <laughs> but we certainly know that you know right through lockdown people continued to buy but the, the way they did it was by actually utilizing the power of video and having virtual tours around our properties or doing the research but trusting us that we know the resorts and the properties well enough that we can give them that experience that is accurate rather than when they go out there, all of a sudden they'll discover there's a car park in front of them or there's a wall in front of them. Yeah. I think it's that sense of trust and honesty that has seen us be able to survive over the last 18 months. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a huge trust element and that definitely goes to show that. And also the fact that you are experts at what you do and by putting all of that on social media and, and doing lives and especially I imagine that LinkedIn is a great platform for high net worth individuals because that's where they are and we were talking about you know when when people get bonuses who work in investment banks I used to work in an investment bank would get a bonus and we'd always see that bonus as sort of extra money that could be spent on something frivolous and I presume some of these bonuses range up to millions Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so that's yeah. why they're buying things like property. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and that is the thing, you know, it is it is about recognizing, you know, when the buying cycles happen. And, you know, it, when you're in, when you're in ski property, the buying cycles do tend to be in the run up to the ski season. So from now on in then during the ski season, and then things go quieter, you know, during the summer, people still go out and utilise their properties in the summer. And some people will go out purely during the summer rather than during the ski season. But to be aware of what those buying cycles are for your clients and ensuring, you know, you're showing up you're making them aware of what's available, what's coming to the market when, things that are going along, you know, ecologically. So because, because we've got global warming, you know, you need clients will want snowshoe surety. So the more you know about those resorts in terms of going higher rather than lower, the resorts that have great nightlife, the resorts that have great family life. And the, the resorts that are great in the summer because they have the Tour de France that will pass through them, et cetera, et cetera. Clients really rely on you to be their ears and eyes on the ground and to be able to pinpoint exactly which resorts are going to be right for them if they don't already know the right resort. Some do and some don't. And I think that's the same for any business where you're dealing with high net worth individuals. You put your trust in the person to know more than you and to um, tell you the truth about what's going on. I've been buying art recently and you know, I'm putting my trust into other people who know about the art world who are telling me this is a good deal. This isn't, you know, that kind of thing. So it's about and you really do have to trust the person because it's a lot of money that you're spending. Do you think that with high net worth individuals being your clients, you do anything differently that you, than you would do if it was, you know, a lesser amount of money? 
absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because it is a person. And just because somebody is earning more money, you know, we have tricky clients, as everybody does. Some tricky clients can be high net worth. Some tricky clients can have less money. But actually, at the end of the day, we treat them all the same. When we pick up the telephone to answer a call, we never know, you know who is going to be on the end of that call. And we make no judgment. And why would we make a judgment? Because you can find somebody who wants a smaller apartment. They may actually already have a portfolio of chalets. They're just adding to their portfolio of property. So I think it would be completely the wrong thing to do to ever judge or feel impressed by somebody based on their net worth. And their net worth is something, you know, nobody kind of rocks up and says, hey, I'm worth so-and-so and so-and-so. No. You glean from them. You can tell, obviously, by the budget that they have. And you get an insight into their setup. You know what their job is, et cetera. But our job is to support, to be there to help their dreams come true. And that's how we regard it, helping their dreams come true. So, no, we would never, ever treat any client any differently because we wouldn't do that outside anyway, our business. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly the same. as When I was in the wedding industry, we had some clients that wanted to spend 30000 on a wedding and some that wanted to spend 250000 on a wedding. And there were wedding planners that completely acted differently to the people that were high net worth individuals and would almost fall over themselves, you know, around them. And actually the reason that we did quite well is because we didn't see a difference. There's still a person and they'll still respect our boundaries and, you know, that kind of thing. And we'd still do the utmost for anybody, whether they're paying 20,000 or whether they're paying 250,000. So I think you're right that you treat people the same. And I think that that comes from your own money mindset. Mm. Because I think if somebody has a poor money mindset, they do treat people differently depending on how much money they have. They expect you to be different or want something different. Just a few weeks ago, I was talking to a photographer and we were having a really good conversation. I booked her for something and she was just, you know, doing the usual stuff, really pleasant, really nice. And um, I'll send the contract through to you and all of this kind of thing. And then she spoke to somebody else and then came back to me on email and said, I'm really sorry. I've just realized you're the Lisa Johnson who I listen to online. And she was weird. From that second on, she went weird. And I didn't have uh, the experience that I had been having with her before that when I was really enjoying, you know, how the transaction was going. But I think that's down to people's money mindset of whether when they see people like when I was younger, if I saw people that were multimillionaires, I would see them as differently. And they're not. They're just now I am one. I can see that I'm exactly the same person as I was before. But um, that I think that comes from money mindset. And one of the things you teach is money mindset, or you don't like to call it that, which I kind of like that you call it people's relationship with money. Yeah. And what's your relationship with money? You know, I have fortunately a very very healthy relationship with money, um, and I think you know the reason why I went to, into the business coaching that I did and helping people to understand and improve their relationship with money is because actually of, of the confidence factor. You know, when I was growing up, you know, my mum was very much one for not allowing me to have any limiting beliefs whatsoever. So I grew up 
in a position of always being happy to speak up, always to support the underdog. And when I set up my own business, I started coaching other people on going into business, being visible. And when I decided to become business coach, it was a confidence coach I decided I was going to become. But through my own training and research, I realized there was a direct correlation between your relationship with money and your sense of self-value and self-worth. So that is why I wanted to approach business coaching from that perspective, because I believe unless everything going on in your head is aligned, then it doesn't matter how good the strategy is on paper, you will not have the ability to deliver that strategy because you will always be getting in your own way. So for me, the money mindset piece was was a subset, really, of confidence and recognizing that it is part of the jigsaw, essentially. And the more you can understand how what happened to you in your childhood, your parents' relationship with money being passed on to you and you weirdly taking that with you into your current situation, when something I talk about a lot is we don't bring Father Christmas with us, we don't bring the tooth fairy, and we certainly don't believe Ken and Barbie are are living happily ever after in Miami anymore, but we do bring that money story with us. So for me, it's about unpicking that and really getting to the crux of what's getting in your own way. Why are you not as confident as you could be? Why are you not valuing yourself in the way you should be? And once you get to really understand that, that's when you can do all the right things with your strategy that really gives you the business that you want. And your money mindset is a testament to that because you have such a great business or a couple of businesses that are working brilliantly and you don't have those issues. You have such a good relationship with money. Did you always have a good relationship? Yes, I would say yes. But I can give one example where that's not quite true. <coughs> and it goes to show why financial literacy should be taught in schools. So when I went to university, I had the, you know, the envelopes coming through the door from credit card companies. I applied for a credit card because I was going to be getting all this money for a very small amount being returned and having to pay every month. And I would literally, and it was Marks and Spencer's was my place of, of choice on a Friday night, to go and buy a bottle of champagne every Friday night, pretty much, but on my credit card. Ooh. And exactly. <laughs> so that champagne li- lifestyle was not being paid for because I was working hard. I did work at university, but actually it was more, it didn't feel like real money. And it's certainly, I had no awareness of the rate of credit, you know, the interest that it was costing me. So I'm certainly aware of a, you know, I do a lot around money archetypes, and one of my main archetypes is romantic. And a romantic archetype loves to treat themselves, loves to spend money on myself and on others. And that has always been a trait of mine, that whole thing about, oh, I love shopping. I love nice things. I enjoy buying nice things for other people. And that was born out in my university by utilizing you know my credit card but because I had fortunately the awareness that actually that credit card is not going to pay itself off particularly if I'm only paying 
you know, the minimum amount each month, I did soon wake up and realize you're going to stop these bad habits. These bad habits are going to get you into trouble. Yeah, which is important. I think that I'm that archetype that <laughs> you were just talking about. What other um, money archetypes are there? So there's eight money archetypes in total. Um, celebrity, nurturer, accumulator, maverick, nurturer, ruler. I would say you're definitely a ruler. We're, we're all made up of three of them. So there's okay. three out of the eight. And I would say that you are a ruler archetype as well, because a ruler archetype really thrives on their business and developing their business. And for them, they get a real kick out of developing an empire, but an empire based on bringing other people with them. So it's not all about them as an individual. It's about how what I'm doing has the ripple effect on other people around me. The, the, the The two archetypes I always talk about are celebrity and accumulator because they're the two diametrically opposed. So a celebrity archetype is somebody who's very charismatic, looks really, really successful, has all the accoutrements of that success, top of the range car, brand new iPhone, you know, lots of of expensive handbags, watches, et cetera. Everybody looks at them and is really impressed by their success. What they don't know is that success is founded on credit card and debt. I've seen that before. There we go. And then the accumulator archetype is somebody who loves to save money, loves to save money to the detriment of never wanting to invest in themselves or in their business. They're always concerned about the rainy day, but there would never be a rainy enough day for them to feel comfortable with spending that money, such is their scarcity mindset, essentially. And when, and I, I have clients who have had celebrity and accumulated going on and what happens is you have that push me pull me the real challenge of I want to go and buy this I need to be seen to be successful yeah but we haven't got the money we need to be saved I know but I need to be seen to be successful but once you know what your archetypes are that is when you stop going well I'm just that's just me that's how I am making excuses for yourself. You have that grown up conversation that says, okay, I get what's going on here now. So I recognize I need to be seen to be successful, but actually I haven't got that money to play with. So what I have to do is to put a plan in place to grow my business, to bring in more, bring in more income, bring in more clients. When I've done that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some of that money and I'm going to put it into savings and I'm going to use some of that money to go and treat myself to something. But it's going to be as a result of earning that money, not on my credit card, basically. So, so it's I, having a balance, isn't it? It's having that balance. That's exactly it. It's having that balance and having that maturity and the empowerment to know what you're doing rather than just saying, that's what I'm like. That's how I am. That's how I've always been. Yeah, because we all have a money story. So there's not going to be anybody that has no archetype. They're going to be something. It's just how you deal with the part of you that you are. 
Yeah. And, and, and that's exactly it. You know, some people will have a higher predominance of a certain type of archetype. So, for example, if you are a nurturer, then you will look after everybody else financially first and put yourself in a position of danger because you are looking after others. But what you won't necessarily realize is you think you're helping somebody by helping them out financially, but actually what you're doing is you are building up their dependence on you rather than independence from you. So instead of giving financial support, what you need to be doing is saying, look, I can't give you any more money, but I will help you come up with a plan to create more money, or I will be that sh- that sounding board for you when you need my support. But I can no longer give you that financial support because I'm not helping you. I'm creating dependence. I feel like there are a load of parents listening to this right now and realizing who they are. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> it's so interesting to hear of all these archetypes because we all have so many different hang-ups with money and you know, the working with high net worth individuals is just one that I see all the time when people say, oh, I'm too nervous to work with people that earn a lot of money. Um, I'm too nervous to, you know, be in the luxury sector because I wouldn't know how to act around those people. And yet, if you work on your money mindset, you work out which archetype you are, you work on balancing that a little bit, then you will never worry about who you're working with because you stop seeing people as what they're worth and you see people as who they are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And a really good example of that is one of our clients that's buying you know, a really expensive chalet at the moment. I was talking to him about my coaching and talking to him about the archetypes. And he said, oh, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to do that assessment. Can I do that assessment with you? So did the assessment. And I said to him, right, you've got to be aware, OK, that I am now going to be in a position to really, really tell you what you were like with money. So it will not go any further. It'll be really confidential between me and you, but I will really have that insight into you. So he he was completely comfortable with that. He's one of those people that you wouldn't know that he, you know, he is a multi, multi millionaire. You would, he's very down to earth. I did, you know, we did the assessment. I talked him through it and he said, oh my God, it is like you have a video in my house and you were watching me <laughs> and you were assessing. How do you know all of that? I said, it's because the archetypes are, in, are so accurate. But now when he and I have a conversation, I can say to him, oh, you said that, you see, because that's your so-and-so archetype. And what you <laughs> need to lean into this instead. So I can almost psychoanalyze him based on knowing what I know. So it can give me a really personalized insight into somebody and again this is where the importance of not being impressed not dealing with them any differently just dealing with them as they are people talking to a person and them being very vulnerable because you are very vulnerable when you provide somebody with that insight into what is going on for them with regards to their relationship with money, because I have never, ever had one client go, well, actually, I'm really sorry to say, Leslie, but none of that sounds like me. Everybody's going, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." And they're getting more and more drawn in because it is so accurate and so defines their relationship with money. 
And I think that is the important thing. Once you truly understand your relationship with money, if it's not working for you, you then have the ability to change it. And that's the bit that I love, having that ability to change what is going on for you, the challenges that you have, and being able to really face up to having that awareness and more importantly, wanting to do something about it. And when you want to do something about it, that's when change happens. It does. And the reality is, if you change your relationship with money for the better, you will make more money. And look at you. You know, you're a perfect example of that. Absolutely. Yeah, I changed my entire relationship with money and I'm now making more money, but lots of my clients do as well. So it's really important to work on it. And people often think that it's like a tick box exercise. You've worked on your money mindset and now off you go. But actually, I have to work on it continuously because things come up for me all the time. And, and at every level, I have to work on it again. I think most people do. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's it's never a one and done. It is a constant thing. And I always liken it to deciding you want to have you know, a six pack, you take the, you know, eat the right nutrition, you do the exercise regularly, you get the six pack, you think, hey, I've got it, I've got my six pack, and then you stop, you go back to the way of eating, you go back to not exercising, what happens, you lose your six pack. And it's exactly the same with your money mindset. It's never one and done. It's the constant. But once you have the awareness, once you have the tools, as long as you keep applying it, the quicker you can turn it around when something happens that starts to set you back again. So that awareness is the real key part. Yeah. And that's the where the archetypes come in, just being aware of who you are and what patterns that you might have. This has been fascinating. I love talking about money mindset archetypes. I love anything to do with working out why we are blocking ourselves from earning the kind of money that we could be earning, whether working with high net worth individuals or whether you're not, you still need to have a really, really good relationship with money. So thank you for coming on and talking to us about this. If somebody wants to find out their own archetype, where's the best place to come and find that out with you? Okay, so if you come to my website, which is leslieathomas.com, um, you can contact me there or leslie at leslieathomas.com. I'm also on Instagram at the Money Mastery Business Coach. And again, DM me there um, and I'd be more than happy to share details. And if somebody wants a chalet, <laughs> to Absolutely. go skiing you know where to come as well <laughs> you now know where to come exactly <laughs> thank you for being here and thanks for listening guys hopefully you are all working on your relationship with money one of the most important things i did so i hope you're doing it too um it can make such a big difference i will be back next week with another topic for you and i will see you then thanks for listening and thank you leslie thank you Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.